I want to say, President, that it's very impressive to see all of the young people who are here. And, and as I was coming along there and let the window down, I was very glad to say, and I want to say that theirs is the future, and it's wonderful that they're attending events like this and listening to all of the arguments and visiting all of the stands. Mayor, I, I think I take the opportunity of extending my congratulations to the entire organising team of the ploughing. And I do so with a special mention, of course, for the woman who introduced me, Anna Mae McHugh, who haven't taken the post in 1973, has been just about a half a century contributing to what has become known to all as the ploughing's remarkable achievement, not only in Ireland, but abroad. And I want to say to the people of Rathaniska, the neighbouring farmers and all of those who make it all possible by providing acres of farmland for ploughing exhibitions and parking to the entire infrastructure that makes the ploughing possible. I must say I started off again this year by visiting the men with the ploughs, the, a young boy of 16 and the people who are competing in the under 40s competition. And it's wonderful to see that tradition of the ploughing being continued and continuing through the generations. I pay tribute to all of those who organise events, make these events possible in Garda Shikona, the county, Leash County Council and all of the volunteers who make their services available are Vossa Jonak. And I pay tribute to all of the clubs and organisations that cooperate to make this possible. I think maybe one change over the, this will be my 11th ploughing I think I've attended, but I may want to tribute to Carrie Atchison, who passed away in January at the age of 88, and she had a central role in these championships as the public address announcer for 40 years. And her personality, I know, will be missed by many who will remember her fondly. And I think, while the core of the ploughing is an international ploughing contest, it has evolved into an, an event that showcases livestock, machinery, crafts, and it reflects all, if you like, the complexities of modern Ireland. Over the next three days, we will have the chance to take part in the celebration of Irish rural life in the fullest sense, connecting with those close to nature and those who care for it. There will be opportunities too to explore the advice and innovations on offer for the achievement of something now that is the most important challenge facing us all, the balance of ecological, social and economic goals to which we're all committed. And new measures and resources to achieve them are not just important, but they're now urgent for us all and for future generations. Because life in rural Ireland, let us remember, at any age we are, is not just a zone of production. It is, I think, something that is a space of life. I think it is continually changing and adapting to meet ever-changing market conditions. But it's very, very important. Rural Ireland is not something that adjusts as a zone of production to market conditions. It is a space of life, of living, and it's composed of diverse communities. And people in rural Ireland 
are well aware of all the issues that are discussed at the present time, including the necessity for healthy living, clean water, and a sustainable lifestyle. And that balance is vital for our farming communities, who are, in the closest sense, the custodians of our land and our natural environment. I must say it again, the state, all of its agencies and all of us, must be cooperating partners in responding to the devastating loss and, in some cases, destruction of biodiversity and of ensuring the possibility our generation has of handing on a habitable planet to future generations. And I know from talking and hearing, reading their letters, that young people in particular are interested in this. And I'm very conscious. I know there are ministers attending here, but the Taoiseach, the Taoiseach, and the Minister of the Environment Communications are in New York speaking at the United Nations as I am speaking here today. And the Secretary General Gutierrez of the United Nations has with the most explicit language yet, in many ways there was near a touch of desperation in it, told us that the achievement of the Sustainable Development Goals is moving away from us, that we are failing. He used the word abysmal. So the darkest period of climate change consequences has begun, he told us. And I think he also said, as I know and we know from the meat, is that those who least contributed to this circumstance are paying the highest price of desertification, loss of livelihood, the death of their animals, and forced migration. I think the annual deficit, we are breaking our pledges, the Secretary General told us. At the opening session, he said, it is children who are involved, it's those who are hungry that are involved, it is those who are trying to use the land who are involved. And I said, we are breaking our pledges because the annual deficit between what we pledged for achievement of the Sustainable Development Goals has increased from $2.5 trillion to $4.2 million today. Our major country, some of our major members of the United Nations are in fact guilty of what is little less than bad faith to humanity. 800 million of the world's population are facing hunger and up to 52 economies already deflecting the meager profits from exports for away from education and health towards servicing debt a 52 of them are now on the verge of debt collapse. And as I speak, the United Nations, as I have said, is reviewing the halfway point of the Sustainable Development Goals. And from its inception, the challenge in those goals was as to whether we would have the courage, a great test of us, both of our minds and everything else, would we have the courage to go for deep change or simply adjust what was in fact delivering us all these bad consequences? We went for adjustment and it has failed. Deeper change is necessary and it is now accepted that we now to need to refocus at every level 
including at the international financial level, the World Bank and all of that. I think we are at a point of multiple crisis where all of us as citizens, producers, consumers, farmers, ask to play our part in combating our greatest challenges. And these include, but as I have said, biodiversity loss. And change isn't easy. It will not be easy. And I encourage our farmers to continue on the path to change, transcending difficulties by designing alternatives, strategies of implementation, and leading the way in adoptable sustainable practices that can be demonstrated to their fellow farmers in agriculture. I acknowledge, as I have said, that change is difficult. And I do know as well, and I want to say straightforwardly, that it isn't easy because the European Union has been promoting a United States style of agriculture for a very long time. And it is hard to break away from what's often being imposed upon you. But do what we must do. I think it is important that farm families have to be supported and secured. I believe that this in the future will in fact have to be by direct payments. I think it will, it cannot, farm family security cannot be delivered by the market and will not be secured by the market. It needs a social protection and it needs a social floor. Because farming is not just about production. It is a way of life and a culture. It has an intrinsic bonding value with nature and the lived environment and communal life will need to be supported. The bond between farming and nature's resilience is in fact incredibly important. Farmers through the generations have possessed unparalleled insights into the connection between climate and the repercussions of unpredictable seasons, droughts, shifting seasonal patterns and intense storms, all of which have now become a lived experience brought about by climate change and the intended decline in biodiversity that is increasingly important. You know it well, all of you who live in rural Ireland, those actively engaged in land cultivation, connected with the soil, the hedgerows, the fields, and you know the evidence before you. They hold a profound understanding, all of the people in rural Ireland, of the rapid decline that has taken place. And that's why you are so important as partners in what we have to do. And I'm so delighted that the stands, when I looked at the list, have so many references to sustainability, including the Ploughing Association's endorsement of recyclable products, the conversion of food waste into energy, the installations of solar-powered lighting and the introduction of waste separation. I think rural, it's not just in Ireland, but rural people all over Europe have to recover farming as a sustainable set of practices. We debated such issues, you know, near the beginning of Ireland's independence. It was a long time ago. The 1924 Agricultural Commission, I think, considered the significant a minority report prepared by Tom Johnson and Michael Duffy. It made the case for achieving food security and the jobs associated with it as part of a social policy. 
Their proposal was one that privileged tillage, local markets, and avoiding dependency. Tom Johnson and Michael Duffy highlighted that manner in that report of the 24 Commission, the value of tillage in creating jobs and eliminating food dependency while producing a produce which could be sold in local markets rather than for export. That was for that time. They were defeated because the majority report felt that the cackle economy was too well established to be reversed. But their proposals were socially based as all of ours must now be. For 100 years later, there remains the lessons of the value of farsightedness, which must be achieved by sustainable food supply, both in Ireland and elsewhere. Feeding our planet's people with necessary nutritious food has to be achieved in a way that does allows for sustainability. And it's made difficult, of course, by the fractured nature of the institutions that we have. It's as if all those speaking about food in the world are speaking in different silos, and often in different sections of different silos. I had the privilege, not a short while ago, of speaking in Dakar in Africa, about how Africa could in fact and must become break its food dependency and feed its people. We will resume all those conversations later on next month in Rome. But food security, which is getting mustard, is now getting global attention. But it is an urgent matter, for it is number two in the Sustainable Development Goals. That is the elimination of ending hunger and achieving food security. With the scale of global hunger, the malnutrition crisis is enormous. 800 million people affected by hunger as I'm speaking. Even more, this contradiction of the number two of the Sustainable Development Goals has to be addressed. As well as that, we have to look at adjusting the mo mo our models. We must be willing to transfer science and technology to the populous parts of the planet like Africa to give them the opportunity and of producing their own versions of food security. In Somalia at the moment, I think the worst drought in 40 years, seven million people, a third of the country, are facing crisis. And in all of that, I want to say, you good people, the Irish people respond well to all of these special appeals, these humanitarian crises. But that is not sufficient. Very often the mood arrives, the food arrives, feeds people for a while. But what those on the ground are asking, give us the capacity to change the structures. Give us control of seeds. Let women have land. Let us produce our own food. Let us not have to import everything we need to survive. And that is the message of Africa. And Africans are saying to Ireland, among all the countries in the European Union, you are the people we want to hear because you came without asking for anything to give us education. And I know that message is being repeated again and again. I know this, 
the weather is bad and I'm not going to delay you much longer, but to say, I know that we are not, we are all connected. We are connected locally, regionally and internationally. And when I talk to young people in rural Ireland in particular, they not only know their own locality, they know what is happening in the world and they don't like it. They want food dependency to be broke. They want people to be fed. And they want our institutions to change. They don't want hundreds of organizations speaking about food globally, while at the same time people are dying on the ground. I think it is very, very important. The new models that are coming into being, they will happen. They're important to us. They're important to the whole world. I think our nation's commitment to the Sustainable Development Goals to the 2000 Paris Agreement constitutes one of the great moments for humanity. What do we mean by this? Our hearts lifted when the agreements were signed. Our hearts are saddened and darkened when the agreements are not being achieved. So my message is let us all together in partnership Get the second seven years to do it, 2030. Make it happen and discuss among yourselves. And as well as that, I know that you are interested not only in your own narrow space, that you're interested in the world beyond the self. And all of it is possible because this is the dark side. More and more the United Nations is falling, is losing credibility. It is unable to stop war. It is unable to win famine. It is unable to stop conflicts. It's unable to manage migration. And it will be saved by the influence of countries like Ireland, who have no other thing to do, have no other aim or ambition other than to have a safe, sustainable, peaceful world. And I hear no here, and all those young people as I came along, and middle-aged people and people of ages like myself, that that is what they want to achieve. I think, may I finish by saying, the very last thing we need is any conflict between rural and urban, or any conflict between those who want to implement the results of science and technology to create a sustainable world, and those who are in fact clinging to the, the, the clinging to the, pre, the previous models. I think in many, many ways, what is very, very important is we have to change. And that includes governments will have to recognize. That includes institutional change. We'll have to be able to speak to each other better in a new way as we listen and hear to what, how we need to adapt ourselves. I'm finished by saying this as well. I'm a proud member of a credit union myself. And I want to pay tribute to the credit unions for staying with the communities of Ireland. As much as I want to deplore all those who took savings from generations of Irish people and packed their bags and left Irish towns and villages. I say to myself that the best way of dealing with this is addressing, using all these empty spaces that were left and use them for social purpose. And I'm beginning, I have now, I have a long time ago believed that it's time we gave regionalism a chance, which I think is a better model for doing all of this 
than in fact the inherited system we got from the end of the 19th century, which for more many decades now has simply been failing, not delivering what we expected from it. I think I spoke last year of the declining prices of fresh horticultural produce, how it has squeezed primary food producers' margins, and have combined with high inflation and all of the other increase in inputs. We must put an end to the destructive practice of below-cost retail. And in these challenging times, consumers should support those who sustainably produce our food. We must be together on this, so the cheap advantage for the self cannot be at the price of those who are already struggling. Our food producers, hard-working farmers, deserve proper compensation to be rewarded fairly for their work. And I will continue to advocate that, as I have most recently at Blue. What we need now is to take a growing global consciousness of what we are faced with together and turn it into a set of actions that we will make happen. And we must not be discouraged if some of the most powerful and rich nations in the world have decided to turn their back on the Sustainable Development Goals. We, countries like Ireland, must say we will give a lead in achieving that great humanitarian achievement that was agreed in 2015. I think one of the things that will happen is that this change will happen. I am confident that there is a mood in the world that will achieve this.